Hello and welcome back to the Mostly Yoga Podcast with me, Aaron. That's my name. And this is the podcast where we talk all about all sorts of things, but mostly yoga. Hence the name. This week, I talked to the lovely Colette Miles. You may have seen her at YM Yoga Movement. She's both the creative and content manager, as well as a fellow teacher and colleague of mine. So I'm very happy to have her on. In this party, she shares with us a bit about her journey with yoga, uh, how she started out, and some of the experiences that she's had over the years both on and off the mat, as well as some tips for new teachers who are just starting out. So be sure to be sure to stay tuned for that. Towards the end, we delve a little bit deeper into her passion for sustainability, as well as the ways in which she tries her very best to reduce and reuse and recycle. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it gets quite interesting. Also, a quick disclaimer. Around the 15-minute mark, you might hear someone vacuuming the studio downstairs. Uh, this is the kind of thing we have to deal with having recorded in the studio itself. Things are still going on. I apologize. Also, at the one-hour mark, you might start to hear some clinking noises. That's just because our lovely Elena is just cleaning the yoga straps nearby. Mm. So these are, these are all sounds that you are actually hearing. Your mind isn't playing any tricks on you. This podcast today is sponsored by our friends at The Fort PT. The Fort is a fully equipped mobile gym that provides customized personal training to clients according to their individual needs and fitness goals. What are some of your fitness goals? Well, what are, what are fitness goals at all in general, I guess? It isn't all about just losing weight all the time. Imagine if you were like a, a basketballer and you want to work on like your movement drills or you want to work on maybe improving your explosive power or reaction time, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know anything about basketball. I feel like that's what they would be training for. Um, yeah, see, these are very specific fitness objectives that require a specific type of uh, personal training which the fort provides. So check them out at the fort PT on Instagram. And if you mention that you're a listener of the podcast, your first session will be free. Ooh, links in the description below. Jang Jang. Okay. I'm just gonna let you guys hear the thing. Without further ado, here is Colette. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the YM studio. I'm sure you've been here before. Thanks for coming by to so early in the morning. No I just problem. finished I just finished my 7.30 class. It's now 8 o'clock. Had like good breakfast. I'm ready to have a chat with you. How do you feel? Hungry. Mm, appropriately so. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I did a bit of research about you before we started this. Ooh, yeah. Stalking. yeah. And by research, I just mean I went to your Instagram mm-hmm. and I just looked through, see if there's anything interesting to, to find. You've been, you're, you're quite active physically and you travel a lot. That seems to be the theme of your Instagram. I wish I could say the same for now, but uh-huh. I guess um, last time when I was still schooling, there was a lot more time freedom to mm. travel and stuff. And also while traveling, like exploring different uh, workout studios. Oh yeah. I think that's my favorite part of traveling. Uh-huh. Yeah, like going to actually work out overseas. Because oh. the vibes... The vibes there are very different from 
um, what we experience here. Mm. So it's really nice to see how something that like work out how something that unites us can be so different in different parts of the world. Yeah, like you see some parts where there's absolutely zero, um, zero like fitness culture at all. And then other parts where it's so saturated that you really get to see the different types of people going to the different types of studios. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then this here, of course, which is, I think we gain a lot of influence from our Western counterparts, like the big cities like New York or London. So a lot of um, gyms, I would say, you know, take influence from what's hot over there. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, one of the questions that I did want to ask you was yes. like, um, how, or let's say we bring it down to yoga first mm-hmm. before we, we branch out to other things, but you've, you've, I'm sure you've done yoga overseas. Yes. Right? Um, how do you think the culture over there is compared to the one here? Like, Singapore has its own culture of yoga, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And it's, it's different within Singapore, but it's still relatively the same. That's how I feel. Uh. But then when I went, the first time I did yoga overseas was in, I think it's Thailand or Bali, one mm-hmm. of those. And it was, it was different in its own way. And it was quite nice. The Bali one was a bit more woo-woo. But that's yes. because it's at Yogabana. Yogabana yes. is full of that, like, a lot of like Kundalini stuff. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel like um, the places that you've went to, like how's it different compared to Singapore? Interestingly, when I travel to Asia, I've never had a chance to step into a yoga studio to try a class. So maybe it's because of so two things. So in, in Singapore, it's only, uh, in Asia, it's only Singapore. It's, in Asia, it's only Singapore. Okay. Maybe it's because of two things. One thing, there's too much food around. I have no time mm. to go for a class because I'm eating my way through the city. Secondly, um, I feel like it might be a little bit too similar to Singapore, like the yoga culture and everything, because technically in Asia, we're one of the leaders, us and Hong Kong. I would, right, I would right. think, yeah. yeah so um, everyone else would probably draw their inspiration from us, the two of us, yeah. Right. Uh, so I've never really had a chance to try a class in, in Asia. But I've done a class in New York and in Europe, basically, mm. different parts of Europe. The one thing that I noted that was super different from here was that people actually bring their own yoga mats for one. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of like that, 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 um, that habit. Yes. It, it's like, it's ownership. It's yeah. a sense of ownership. You take care of your mat. You, yeah. you have, you get, the studio gets a chance to squeeze in more mats, you know? Definitely, yeah. And it's nice to just walk around with your, your mat, you know? It's, it's a pride, I yeah. guess, in a way. Secondly, if the studio provides yoga mats, they get you to spray it down yourself. Uh, so, having I, taught in YM for quite some time already, I have, I think, about five students who walked up to me after class asking where the spray uh, is. Yeah. Yes, to wipe down the mat. Well. Yeah. Um, it's very... It's good, it's good. It's disciplined. It's different. Uh, we are very spoiled here in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is laid out for us nicely and neatly. Um, blocks are nice and neat. Uh, mats clean. Like everything, uh, yeah, every, everything. It's like basically. a yeah. Yeah, there's nothing you have to do but show up. This is this is only a Singapore thing, uh, You think? I every think other place it's an Asia thing. Yeah. No, in Bali, in mm-hmm. Thailand, no. I I gotta clean my own mat. 
Yeah, oh. there's a little. They pass you the basket. Yeah. And, and have a spray sprayer. Yeah. So it might just be a might Singapore thing. Might just be a Singapore thing. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, culture wise, some more. Let me think. Uh. So. Is it very difficult? Like um, the, the standard. Standards. Yeah. Okay. Standard wise, yeah. when I travel to like Europe or like um America, I go to. What we call the more like famous or like the more Hello Instagram famous the, teachers, yeah. celebrity teachers. Like who? Um, like in New York, I went to Tara Style. So that oh. time, Australia Yoga. Oh. I think Singapore we don't have Australia anymore, but Australia was quite big at that time. So oh. Tara Styles, you know, Instagram celebrity, yoga celebrity. Yeah, I went for um her class. It was very very multi level. So mm. it's quite similar to here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of Handstandy stuff, but they were just options. Right. Uh, and what class was this? Was it a it like was a power? Like I mean, uh, I think it was like a power flow esque. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and then in London, I went to like you know, Instagram famous people like Celeste Ferrara. Um, I would say that she earned her so called popularity from her. Her good teaching style, though, mm. not like not through not pretty pictures, yes, ah, yeah, yeah, not through pretty pictures, um, and some of the other English uh, Instagram more Instagram famous teachers. Mm. Mm. The classes really, they really, how should I say this? They spoke for their popularity, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were they were quality classes, right? Yeah, they were good classes. They obviously had a following, so they were also very full classes mm. all the time. Appropriately so. Appropriately yeah. so. I also find it interesting that these Instagram um, Instagram famous teachers they are not contracted to a certain studio, so they are free to mm. free to teach anywhere. Yeah. I think it it benefits them, right? Because if because if you're tied down to somewhere. Yeah, it makes sense for them yeah. like they're famous it enough. It benefits them, it benefits the studio, but right. I would think that if I have in my possession an Instagram famous yoga mm. teacher, I would lock her down with a contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she would be wise enough to like, no, no, I want to be able Negotiate. to... Negotiate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Maybe that's okay. the case. That's, I guess that's the, the plan once either of us becomes Instagram famous oh, for sure. to like yes, yes, yes. not sign any random contracts. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Too late now, Aaron. I think you mm-hmm. signed one. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. Good, good. Um, tell me about your yoga journey. Mm. Tell me about how you started, how long you've been practicing. I think everybody has that story of how they got into it. Mm-hmm. It can be sure. like, oh, I just walked into class because I want to lose weight or whatever. Or it's yeah. like my friend brought me here, that kind of thing. Yeah. What was yours? So... About eight years ago, when I just started uni. Oh, oh shucks, has it been Yikes. that long? Shit. About eight years ago, mm. um, I, I think one day it was just like, you know, I thought, okay, I want to be uh, flexible. I want to like fulfill my ballerina goals. And then like, at the time I was quite, um, how to say, I was like skinny than I was before. But really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Skinny than I was before, so like people thought that I like was anorexic or like bulimic, didn't eat. Like I can eat six bowls of rice. Like don't challenge yeah, me. You can, eh? Yeah, you can. I've seen like your yeah. <laughs> six bowls is my has been my uh, record so far. Um, of what? Of like. Like white rice, hard. Chinese rice. Yeah, 
know the, wow. the white bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like in the zicha setting. Uh. Yeah, yeah, in the zicha setting. Hey, there's a lot there, dude. Yeah. I can maybe three, three bowls. Three? And I can eat a lot so, but six is nonsense. Eh? Wow, okay, go on. I'm my, impressed. My friend who is your size, uh-huh. so we were competing who can eat more rice, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> because we have nothing to do. Um, he can eat nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, okay, okay, impressive. Yeah. So I was really skinny. Um, people thought that I didn't eat, like I was like sick, basically. Um, but I just have super high metabolism. And I've always been active in sports, like in school, I'm generally a very competitive person, so when it comes to like sports, I like to win. And I always, um, I do always perform pretty well in sports. Uh, one day when I was entering uni, I decided I wanted to become more flexible, fulfill ballerina dreams. Were you always flexible? Like- I've never been flexible. Wow. Yeah, I've never been flexible. Okay. Still am not flexible. You're flexible enough to like the average, compared to like the average uh, of course, of course. That's eight years of work. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, and then I also wanted to tone up a little bit so people would stop commenting. Like, I don't understand how how it's okay for people to say, "Why are you so skinny?" And okay. like, it's not okay for people to say, "Oh, why are you so fat?" You know, uh-huh. like the whole skinny shaming thing. But I will not delve into that's that. Another, that's another a whole thing. other yeah. thing. Um, <clears throat> so I went with my mom to scout some yoga studios. Does your mom do yoga? No, she doesn't. Okay, this yeah. was in Singapore. La. Yeah, in Singapore. Um, we went to a couple. We went to mostly big gyms. Uh-huh. Only because I felt that a membership was much cheaper than doing single classes. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, if you think about it, if you're paying $200 a month and you can go as many classes as you want, whereas you pay $20 for only 10 classes, the value seems to be quite clear as to like, which one you pick. So I signed up with a big gym, mm. big yoga gym, yoga studio, I guess. Uh, contracted for two years, mm. very boldly signed my life away for two years. I've never done yoga before. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like determined. Right. Yeah. And you chose yoga, like yeah. are you specifically okay? Uh, I want to get fitter mm-hmm. through yoga. Yeah. Never done it before. May not even know if I like it. Yeah. Uh, uh what two years you say? Sure. Two years. Pen yes. and paper. Two years. It down. Only because it was like. $40 cheaper a month as compared right, to... to like your yeah. regular boutique studios. Correct. Back then, sorry, not re- compared to a one-year contract. Okay. So back then, it was about $140 uh, a month. Unlimited. Okay. So and this is like, you can go to the gym and all the other classes. No, only is yoga. Only yoga. Eh? Yeah. Oh, so if you went to class and you didn't like it, then how? <laughs> then then, then I, yeah, yeah. I wow. Sucked that never came to your mind. Uh. You, are you, I think I was just... You just were just, just tired of, yeah, yeah. You just wanted to do it, like, yeah. Whether you liked it or not, you're Correct. just gonna do it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So mm. two years. Um, and before I, that, like no one spoke mm, to you about yoga. You had no, no real idea about it, lah. No, the only people who spoke to me about yoga would probably be like relatives who try to see that oh, yoga is like satanic or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, ridiculous. All the more to stuff. piss them off. Huh? Yeah, all the more to <laughs> piss them off. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I signed my life away two years. Uh, I dragged my best friend along also. Mm. I think she signed only like half a year or one year. Smart, <laughs> she, smart yeah. Woman, yeah. <laughs> Our first ever class, no sorry, I should rewind a little bit. So the first ever like cool yoga pose I saw was a pincha scorpion. A scorpion pincha mm. on a promotional poster at that studio. And first 
thing that I thought of was like, how do you even get into that pose? Oh. You are on your forearms, you are arched like a C, oh. like your toes are towards your head. Yeah, hollow back. Uh. Yeah, hollow back. How do you even get in? Because like, if you think about it, you put your forearms down, how are you going to get your legs over on the other mm. side and without tipping over? So I was super puzzled by how anatomically, anatomically, sorry, <laughs> how anatomically that was possible. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't think that I would ever be able to get there. Yeah, so eight years later, I am there. Sort it took a while, sort yeah. of, yeah. So yeah, interesting how yoga really can help you open up different right. parts of the body to really get you there. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was impossible to balance on your forearms. Like, the shoulders wouldn't be open enough to, yeah, yeah. to like, stack. Yeah, oh. so um, my first ever class I went to was with my best friend. It was a hot yoga class. So was it like Bikram? No, it was it's a regular, a regular hot, hot class. yoga class. Yeah. Um, it was quite traditional. So the studio back then had a lot of teachers from India. So very traditional teachings. Uh, they put us in class, turn on the heaters, and sit, whatever you do, do not leave the room. Mm. Yeah. And then throughout the, uh, the postures, he was like, no compromise, do what you can. I was okay. like, these two statements are oxymoronic. Yeah. No compromise, do what you can. Yeah. yeah. And then halfway through the class, my best friend and I looked at each other and we were like, cannot, cannot. <laughs> so both of us like opened the, like there was a little like lock on the door that was basically a, uh, a plastic um, thing just to hold the handles down. So we pulled open the plastic thing and we ran out and then we just waited there. And the yoga teacher came after us and he was like, you shouldn't leave the room uh, during hot yoga. I'm like, no, but we cannot breathe. Then uh, he said, are you all coming back? And uh, we're like, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just rest here for a while. So five minutes later, we went back and then, yeah, we continued and we survived. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. But maybe hot yoga wasn't the, the best choice for a first yeah. class. Yeah. I mean, I I only stepped into my first hot room maybe, maybe a year into mm. into regular yoga, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even like a Bikram. It was yeah. it was like just a hot vinyasa or whatever, and it was it was very different. Yeah. You cannot breathe. Yeah. You're you're sweating. Your hands are slippery. Yeah. You you compromise on your balance and everything. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine like if it was my first time, I would I would might not have liked yoga. <laughs> yeah, balance was definitely a challenge. Yeah. The feet slipping on the thigh in the tree pose is definitely yeah. a challenge. Um, and also the fact that you have to start like nose breathing rather than mouth breathing. Oh, right. Because, because you don't really know how to ujjayi at correct, the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, I think with other sports like running and stuff, you usually exhale through the mouth to like, expel right, the right. air. So it was very foreign to have to seal the lips and breathe through the nose. But did you understand the concept at the beginning? Um, the whole like inhaling to belly rise and exhaling to like belly falls basically uh, that was also quite a foreign concept to me right because because you would breathe like from the chest yeah, you know some correct. people without yeah. the awareness of the belly yeah and also when i tried to explain to my mom that her thinking was why is it that we are exhaling uh, we're, co- we're contracting the belly on an exhale when we're told to like when you suck the belly in you like inhale, right? Mm. So, she's, so you're already contracting. Yeah, correct. But it's opposite. In yeah, way, like yeah. you know when you try to like look nice yeah, in a tight yeah. dress and you suck the yeah, belly yeah. and you inhale. So I get where that confusion comes about. It's kind of a reverse the other way. Yeah. 
Yep, so that was my first. So eight years ago. Eight years ago. Stepped in, you, you adventurously decided to sign yes. for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you stuck with that two years, I'm assuming. I stuck with and that from two that years. two years, you went on to. I stuck with that two years. And then after that, I. It became like a regular practice for you, lah. Yes. Uh, after that, I went overseas for school and, oh yes, I went overseas for an internship mm. and basically I paused my yoga practice for a while then because as a poor student, I had no money to go um, for yoga. And then when I came back, I joined Lululemon. Sorry, in between, like before I went to school, I was, also, or I was already in Lululemon. Mm. And after that, I paused to go to school. And then after school, I joined again. Yeah. Mm. So school was kind of in between working, like a part-time thing. Okay. So when I was in Lululemon, there were a lot of opportunities to try other sports as well. We have staff benefits that mm-hmm, allow mm-hmm. us to really adventure, venture into different... Um, studios and check out what's available in Singapore. Right. Yeah, so dip my toes into like stuff like CrossFit, really like CrossFit, went to do more like spin classes, more cardio stuff. Right. And then kind of did you, when, at what point did you decide you wanted to teach? Mm. So yoga took a break for a while. Right. right? And you went to dabble in and yeah. everything else. Correct. And then when I went to uni overseas, I decided to go back to yoga. It's on a whim because, because you missed it or Yeah. It was easily accessible. So yoga move uh, yoga movement, sorry. Little Lemon had community classes, they were free. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went back to do like free classes and then I thought, you know, these free classes are not enough, like once mm. a week and I felt like I need a deeper practice. Right. So I tried a few studios in my area and I found a studio that I really liked. So aesthetically, I would have never stepped into this studio. It was it was not the kind of studio I would practice in. It was quite um, shabby looking. Uh-huh. But I don't know what possessed me to try this um, Dharma yoga class. I've never even heard of Dharma yoga much before. Um, so I just... This is in this is overseas or in overseas. Yeah. overseas. yeah. So I bought a trial for a week. I went to Dharma Yoga class. I'm not sure if you've heard of Dharma Yoga. Yeah. Have, yeah. So the founder, Sri Dharma Mitra, yeah. he's like super old. He's probably like something ninety. He, he takes care of himself. Huh? Yes, for sure. He's standing on his hips even at yeah. his age. He leads teacher trainings that are like up to eight hundred hours long mm. in New York. So uh, there are very few teachers who are certified Dharma Yoga teachers. Partly because it's quite expensive to live in New York for that long. And it's a huge commitment. Eh? 800 yeah. hours is like... Two months. Like eight months? Mm. Close to a year maybe. Because yeah. you, you won't be doing it consecutively. Right? Yeah. So it might be take, takes a year. La. Correct. So yeah. it's, 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 not a, it's not a very common thing, you know, Dharma Yoga. Mm. I don't know what possessed me to step into class and I did. The class was interesting. It was, the mats were laid out alongside a wall. So the room was longish and like the room we are in here, the mats were laid out all, all alongside walls. Yeah. There were no mirrors and we faced each other. So we, begin, we began class by taking straps. These straps are very interesting. They were straps I've never seen before. I can never find these straps 
anymore. I tried Googling. Um, they were not a singular long straps. They were like two loops. So two loops in three different sizes. Three different lengths, should I say. Okay. So the loops are like rubber bands, basically. But they, they, were, they had no elasticity. They were cloth bands that were made of that strap material. Mm. Yeah. So three sizes. The longest one if you're least flexible and the smallest one if you're most flexible. So I was like, okay, what do I do with these straps? Uh -huh. uh, put it one side and we opened the class. It was this uh, really cute little Japanese lady who led the class and um, till now like I still like talk to her on Instagram and stuff. Mm. She's not like Instagram famous or anything but she's a great teacher. She's one of the two, one out of two of the best Dharma teachers in London. Um, her name is Emmy Tool. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. Um, she would open the class by singing and playing on this wooden piano looking thing. Okay. Starting off with a chant. Sounds very Dharma yes. yoga-ish. Yeah. I've never seen that instrument. Um, but it was beautiful. So we opened the class with that and then we start with not exactly sun salutations, but warm-ups, a lot of lunges, a lot of like low poses where you're on your knees. Mm. And then right away we would move into back bends. So that's where the strap came from, uh, comes about. So single leg lunge with like a back bend, you, you, you use one strap. Mm. And she would basically push you against the wall so that you would crawl your hands closer to your foot. Ooh. Yeah. And then the straps is to hook around, hook uh, around the, the, the back foot. Yeah, And then correct. you just like, yeah. So she takes a lot of time to go around adjusting Everybody. People. Because yes. you need to press down to hook it yeah. and like get into that, the wall or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Did yeah. she have an assistant? No, it was just her. How many people in the class? About 20. Manageable. Yeah, like, manageable. And then, uh, of course, there were wheels around also. So when we moved into postures like a pincher scorpion, like the pros mm. would go and go ahead take the wheel. wheels. Yeah. O -T -O -T. Yeah, correct. And then the wall was always there for us. Oh, that's to, why they they, yeah. they put it like that. Yeah, it was really clever. So everyone had a chance to attempt that because there's a wall behind you. You know, what, what do you have to be afraid of? Yeah, I loved the practice. It was a lot of backbending, a lot of um, inverting, a lot of basically contorting yourselves. Mm into like pretzely shapes and we always ended the class with this pose that I've never done in any other yoga studios. I think it's because it's a super inaccessible pose. It's the yoga nidrasana where you have your feet behind your head and the head mm. like resting on the feet. Yeah, so you're like a little Lying rocking. Down, like a pretzel? Yeah, yeah, like a pretzel basically. Yeah. So that would be the one of the um, final poses and in the class. everybody in class just easily threw it over if, their heads no if you cannot do it she'll come and press you and you, you'll be able to do it yeah you can you can put your you can do it yeah but then I have long legs so, so that's but why still, I can do it that's still impressive I wow. don't think both it's legs because, yeah both legs wow yeah, yeah. so okay, okay. it was really different I mean a lot of times people say like oh I don't like a certain yoga class or I don't like a certain teacher because, because, of, because yeah. they like push you and like like push you into shapes that you're not familiar with but I felt like she did it with purpose she did it with kindness mm. and um, she really sufficiently opened up the bodies before trying to really like push you into the shape there's a yeah. lot of debate over adjustments mm. in a yoga class sure. you know mm -hmm. and there's the schools of thought where it says like like say in Dharma or in Ashtanga, they're very strong on physical adjustment yeah. because you 
like I'm more familiar with Ashtanga. So if you need to progress to the next uh, pose, mm-hmm. you need to be able to do the pose before that. Yeah. So if the pose is like the one put behind, put your foot behind the head or yeah. whatever, right? If you can't do that, you cannot go on to the next one. So they will push you um, mm-hmm. aggressively and people have been injured because of it. But mm-hmm. it's just the style. Yeah. They use their whole body to wait to press you down. Yeah. And it's shook. Uh, it's very shook. Yeah. But then there are, there's other schools of where like, oh, you know, if you can't do it, it's okay. Just yeah. listen to your body, blah, blah, blah. And then whether you want to adjust, because the, the thing about adjustments is that you can potentially hurt someone yeah. without, um, if you don't have sufficient knowledge to do it. For sure. And then there's also the worry of uh, harassment. Mm. Or especially for you guys. Especially yeah. for guys. But it's it's both ways. The girl can accuse us, but then the guy also, as a, the, or the teacher can take advantage. Yeah, so sure. there's a lot of uh, grey area. Like, we'll mm-hmm. see whether we're comfortable with doing it or not. Yeah, I like adjustments because touch is very important to connect to people, yeah. right? Through adjustments, you're not only making them... like Even if Shavasana massage, that's mm-hmm. still nice. It's a yes. nice... I'm not like pushing you deeper into a pose, but it's still nice to be able to release some tension Correct. in your shoulders or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you need to adjust someone if he's in a dangerous position mm-hmm. or... You, you know that that person can go deeper maybe it's, yes. say it's, it's your friend you know that he needs just a little bit more help just compress it's fine I think mm-hmm. it's fine I'm with you yeah. yeah personally in my practice I like being adjusted I feel like yeah. if a teacher pushes me into a pose and I finally like get the grip it's kind of muscle memory so next time I know where to lengthen where I can lean forward more right. to really like find depth Especially you said, like you said in Ashtanga where you're like literally in a twist and then you still have to yeah, like have to bind, bind the yeah. other way so it really helps when a teacher comes to like pull you. Sometimes yeah. you just need that extra push. I, th- I think the best adjustments I've had was in Ashtanga class. Yes, yeah. Because yeah, they really sure. like, they don't, they're not shy. They just really like press you. Yeah. yeah. We you, use the whole body. And you trust them a lot because yeah. they are very full contact. It's not like those um, creepy, creepy, creepy fingers. fingers yeah. yes. <laughs> but in my teachings, um, I personally, I'm quite afraid to adjust because of what you said. I don't want to be liable yeah. to anyone's injuries. Uh, if I see a regular practitioner that it's obviously super close to the the end goal of the pose. I mean, end goal not being the full expression of the pose, but I'm talking about full expression of the pose this time. I'm mm-hmm. just contradicting myself, sorry. Um, if I see someone who is close to the full expression of the pose, I would push the person. But if the person is still kind of a newbie, I would only adjust like alignment. I wouldn't push deeper if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. then it's a different kind of adjustment really like it's more of like an alignment cue right. like, a, like hey, move your hand here yeah, that kind yeah, of thing yeah. you just tap the, the fella to bring yeah. awareness to that, that area of the body la. yeah yeah. and yeah. like I try not to adjust newbies too much also. that's true like, yeah. I, I, I cue verbally yeah I and don't want them to feel disheartened yeah. yeah because you don't want to keep going back and like no 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 down here, down yeah. here. left leg left leg that kind of thing yeah. it's very like they're, they, they're still building awareness in their body for sure yes so, <laughs> this story is very long. Mm. So yes, I found Dharma Yoga in London. Um, when I go back, when I went back for holidays, I went to visit mm. like my teacher again. Uh, Japanese lady. Yeah. yeah, Japanese lady. So whenever I go back, I would make it a point to go to a class. It's mm. about, um, depends on Dharma 1 or Dharma 2, one and a half to two hours long. So it's a really, you feel so open after the practice because of all the back bends, you know, a lot of spinal movements so mm-hmm. super long after the practice uh, I came back to Singapore and I continued practicing yoga and I decided you know after so many years of teaching uh, sorry after practicing. so many years of uh, practicing I wanted to share my learnings mm. yeah I felt like 
I, after learning from so many teachers, you know, it was only good to pass on the knowledge of all these teachers. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anybody who practices yoga long enough will mm-hmm. have that same, uh, you know, yeah. to reach the point that they want to share. La. Yeah. I want to see other people be able to do stuff that I've learned also. Mm-hmm. I think it really benefited me. Um, I gained a lot of arm strength, I feel, because uh, of all the pushing motions mm-hmm. in yoga. And uh, I really think it can help you become a lot stronger. Physically, Physically and mentally. mentally yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. I, I gained a lot of uh, mental fortitude because yeah. of being able to hold in a certain pose For and sure. not yeah. think about anything else. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's suffering, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in a class, you stay in a hot room or whatever and you're there for one hour and you're in a uncomfortable positions yeah. all the way. For you to still be calm, mm. it's, you're building strength mentally. For sure, I yes. like it. Yeah. yeah. So they decided on taking my teacher training. So mm. uh, so this is like seven years after your practice? Thereabouts, yes. Right, okay. So, um, Took I you long th- enough. Yeah, exactly. Okay, another thing was I felt like I was a bit too young to be a teacher. How young you know? were you back then? Back then I was, I'm 27 now, but if had I taken my YTT earlier, back like then, way earlier, like, I felt like I wasn't equipped enough to teach like a room of adults. A room of adults, yeah. exactly. I felt like a child still yeah, like, yeah. would anyone take me seriously? Yeah. Um, but I pushed past that. I mean, I think in a yoga class, most people are still like about my age or older. Actually, mm. most would be older. And it's really not an age thing. Yeah. So I decided to take my TT with a teacher who I practice with in Singapore. Mm. So I go to his classes about twice a week. Back then, more often when I had more time. Uh, so I signed up for a TT with him. And I was really excited to do my vinyasa TT. Mm. And then <laughs> when um, when it was nearing the dates of the teacher training, like maybe two weeks, two or three weeks before, they said the yoga teacher training was cancelled because of not enough sign-ups. How many people signed up, do you know? Um, I think they said they needed like eight to make. Eight. Yeah, okay, so fair enough. There was, oh, there was can I find eight people, man? No, there was no oh, yeah. eight people. And this was at a reputable studio, yeah. mind you. Uh, okay, so I was like, I was obviously disappointed. So right? they, they, they forf- like forfeit. Uh. Yeah, they, so they, they asked you, me, uh. would you like a refund or would you just like us to put your money into the next teacher training uh, available? Tricky. Tricky, right? Yeah. Stupidly, I said, okay, sure. Put into the next teacher training because available. Because you were set on... I was set on taking a TT with this studio. Right. And hopefully with my teacher. Right. So mm. when's the next uh, batch? So I think about a um, couple months later, they were like, hey, good news. Um, we are opening a teacher training with the same teacher, my teacher, uh, alongside Patrick Creelman, who is a mm-hmm. uh, quite reputable yoga teacher globally. So I was like, oh, this sounds like, this sounds Dumb, like a good yeah, combination. Awesome. Yeah, you know, okay, let's put my money there. Uh, okay, so it was a two-part teacher training. One was... Um, one part was end of year and the other part was um, the next year in January. This is 200 so, hours. Uh, yeah, 200 hours were broken on two. Part-time or full-time? It was full-time. So, so it's like two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, which was quite manageable. Kinda, I mean, just like to take two weeks off your day yeah. job, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah so okay. I mean, usually leave, we have 14 days. Kinda, kinda, so that's, yeah. yeah. And that's one like one year, so it's yeah, like a new exactly. budget. Yeah, exactly. So a new year, the thing renews. Mm. Once again, <laughs> two weeks before teacher training commenced, they said, sorry, we didn't meet 
minim- we cannot meet minimum reconciling. I was so furious when I read that email. Uh. I was like, are you kidding me? Is there something wrong with your marketing team? Like, what are you doing wrong? That you're it, not hitting numbers. And plus, they have the new guy come yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. And then the people from the first batch, I'm sure some of them stayed. Yeah. So then it's the so same that, people and eh? no one, no one yeah, new came in. That means the first batch probably had very little people, maybe four. Because okay. they couldn't even meet eight. Yeah. Right? So I was like, like defeated so, lah, you know? I know what and you mean. Then, yeah. And um, they were like, oh, but we have another teacher training coming up, a Hatha teacher training coming up. I don't want that. Okay, I didn't want a Hatha training, but it was by another teacher who I also followed. Uh. For like his um, level two classes, which um, he specialized in hatha, okay. so I was like, okay, I like this teacher, so I'll put Might my money. Might as well, wow, third times a charm. Yeah, third times a charm, right? You would think. So okay, wait, 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 and then one week before the teacher it, training comes, they're cutting them close. Eh? What were they expecting? You know, like if like by the Last first week, signups, maybe? then what? One, one person eat like yeah, can hit maybe. really man. Yeah. They got a bit more professional, eh? these people. Hmm. So, okay, one week before sign-ups, um, they couldn't give me an answer as to whether, whether or not the teacher training was, what was still... They were still going ahead with the teacher training because they were... They couldn't. They still couldn't meet that eight. So, they uh, were probably at like six or seven, I would say. And they didn't they were tell unsure. you this, uh? They were unsure. Like, they couldn't give me a firm answer, yes or no. And at huh? the time, I was in between jobs. Uh, I was uh, coming on board yoga movement as full-time, right? Mm. And I just um, left Lululemon. So in between jobs, I didn't want to say, okay, fine, I'll stay and wait for your... The next, the fourth fucking one. Yeah, or like wait for... Wait for you to tell me yeah. one or two days before whether or not it's going to go ahead because like I need to give my new employer heads up as yeah. to like if I need to be away on Friday night not affect or like your weekend. schedule yeah. yeah basically not affect my schedule and the fact that I was a new employee I didn't want to be like oh if I have to work a weekend and then I'm like oh I cannot because yeah, I have teacher training fun, yeah. yeah like that's a bad impression right so they couldn't give me a firm answer I was like you know what forget it can you just take me out like I've been waiting three yeah. three full um, intakes of teacher training and you like you still can't give me an answer and then um, they're like Oh, okay, we'll refund you, but we'll we have to take ten percent cancellation fee because it's too early towards uh. the date. Yeah. Fucker. But the thing is, had I pulled out in the first round and stopped like keeping my money, moving this pool yeah. of money from one intake to another, I wouldn't have the ten percent yeah. eaten up. Wow, they couldn't make an exception. Like, hello, wow, I've been so, yeah. I've been in talks with you for over a year about your damn teacher trainings that they are so poorly attended for some reason. I don't know if it's because everyone so in the did, studio is already teachers or are already teachers or what. Like, did the the TT go through in the end? The third yes, one. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah. I know. If it didn't, at least you can get your refund, right? Exactly. Fuck. So it went through. So they probably managed to move the numbers from seven to eight miraculously wow. okay. in the last week. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, and I got ten percent eaten up, and. But that's okay because when I had an interview um, with my employer, Pete, mm. shout out to Pete. Hey. <laughs> um, he, I was explaining to him my plight and yeah. how um, basically that studio was being super unprofessional about, you know, they're a big organization, you know, you uh, should, I think they should have handled it better. It's because they're a big organization, yeah. that's why they, could, they don't give a fuck. That's true, ah, they don't give a yeah. fuck, yeah. And then he was like, oh, you know, we have an upcoming intake. This is the first 
first ever, is it? Oh, first ever, which one? Y- YMTT. Oh no, it was the second. second one. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, he was like, oh, there's an intake coming up. Why don't you join us? I was, I was like, like, oh my God, Glimmer of Hope, so finally. Like, think about it. Like the past three times yeah. you fought so hard to get into something and it mm-hmm. didn't it didn't work out yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And then this one was like, Pete was like, you, you want to go? He's yeah, like, yeah. Yes, like, I was like, can yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not, story not finished, okay? Uh-huh. So I was like, yes, I'm on board, everything. Uh, and then we were nearing the start of YMTT, uh, Yoga Movement uh-oh. Teacher Training. Okay. And then Pete was like, we have a problem. We are overbooked. <laughs> <laughs> so you cannot join this one. I, so the capacity was 20. I was number 21. Uh, so I had to sit out. Oh, man. Oh, it's my goodness. Not <laughs> it's not my day. Wow, what, not and my this week, is like completely year. opposite. Eh. Yes. It's like, now it's full. Exactly. Oh, but 20 people is quite... Yeah, so I waited for the next one. And um, I'm quite glad I did because the I... Batchmates, yeah. Right? I really enjoyed my time with them. Mm. Um, the vibes are really good. Yeah, I learned a lot in the in YMTT, mm. and I felt like I was equipped enough to jump straight into teaching. Wow. Yeah. So my friend who did my teacher's TT the previous year, the one that I wanted to sign up for, that got oh, cancelled. Yeah, year, the right. previous the year before one. you joined. Yeah, yeah. she felt like she, like my teacher, did not teach the style that he was he usually teaches mm. basically I wanted to go to his TT because I like his style so, so want I want to learn yeah. his style Fair he enough. was teaching more of an ashram style so traditional Indian style huh. and it was totally different from his what usual he, teaching that's so misleading yeah huh? and um, he she didn't feel equipped to handle the class after coming out of teacher training even yeah okay I'm not sure if it's cause it's a style she didn't resonate with or if it's cause um, she just like there were topics that weren't focused on like for example we had owning the room and like um, hmm. oh, how yeah, to be a yeah. great yoga teacher so I mean ultimately teaching a class is public speaking right hmm. if you don't have that confidence to public speak I think um, it's if, like, if the teacher training your, yeah, yeah for sure if the teacher training doesn't teach you how to deliver the class it's gonna make you feel like less confident if you only know like the theoretical stuff true yeah so I think it all worked out in the end mm. yeah okay yeah. I feel like it did like yeah, yeah. you seem confident where you are yes Um, the route the, the whole wait for three intake thing it's it it felt like a sign la, in a yeah, way like right. oh my god third time no intake yeah. and then the like you know <laughs> huh. oh, and it worked out la, I guess terrible yes you went to YMTT so yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think? Um, how was YMTT, YMTT, mm-hmm. Yoga Movement Teacher Training? Yes. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> how has it changed? Like, how has it changed you, mm-hmm. the yogi and the person? As a teacher training in general, I have nothing to compare it to. But obviously, if I were to speak of YMTT alone, standalone, I think. It was very, very holistic. So I got to experience all aspects of teacher training, not just the theoretical part. Like as mentioned, we are not just throwing a bunch of textbooks and theories and having to like just learn that and expecting and being expected to deliver that in class, you know? So it's a lot more practical work. It's a lot more everyday interaction with students via our, um, our batchmates. 
Oh, I think like I've, when mm-hmm. yeah, when I I mean I got the I got the chance to sit into a few of the, the TTs and I think I've sat into a few TTs. Like I had my own mm-hmm. and I sat in at MP's one and I sat in at, at YM's one. It's all it's very different. Every okay. TT is very different and every you get to learn different things at from different people. And even though it's just two hundred hours, each school or each um training has its own unique style, its own unique thing to learn. Because yoga is already so big and encompasses so many things that everybody has their own interpretation of it. So if you go to different TTs, it's always different. And the one that I went to at YM is all-encompassing in a sense. Uh, like they have the, the the standard asana stuff. And it does, they cater like, um, not cater, like they they fit it to like whatever you, whatever whenever you attend a YM class, and whatever you like from YM, they will teach it in YMTT. Mm-hmm. That's the best I can describe it as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the best part of YMTT would be the fact that we actually learn to teach multi-level classes. So really dumbing it down for the very, 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 very beginner because... That's a very important thing. Yeah, I mean, in the power flow class, you can even expect a newbie to be coming in. And we're totally open to that. Like We welcome newbies into any of our class types because they're all multi-level, right? So no discrimination, no level one, level two. So being able to really cue to the very like last muscle, very last like like physical alignment, that's very helpful. I mean, it's very easy to be able to just conduct a class by saying pose by pose, like inhale, arms up, exhale, forward fold, half lift, low lunge, high lunge, warrior two. But being able to transit people maybe even without saying the pose names, but like moving the body parts to get there, that's, I think that's a good skill to have. YM's style is very beginner friendly. It's mm-hmm. very accessible. Yeah. And it's, and one of the trickiest things is to be able to teach a multi-level class where yeah. in a power flow that can be a, a person who's only done in one month, then how do you like, you know, it's a lot of, of creativity on your mm-hmm. part. It's a lot on like how you can make it a pleasant experience for, for both the beginner to not feel intimidated and the experienced practitioner to not feel bored. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even in a basic class, like even if you're queuing the very, very basic poses, how can you amp it up a little bit for the advanced practitioner who wanted yeah. to come to a basics class just to, you know, go back to basics, basically. Have you found a way to like, um, like say in your basic class and in your more advanced class, the cues are different? The cues are definitely different. I do speak a lot more in a basics class, mm. like non-stop. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The cues yeah. keep coming and coming, yeah. and as I speak, I'm walking around to adjust people as uh. well to um, fix any like strange alignments. Which you will find for sure in a yeah, basics class. Yeah, for sure. But then, as compared to say a power or power flow class, like you don't really need to cue how to move into, for example, a high lunge to a warrior two, mm-hmm. like. Once you say the name Warrior 2... People know what to do. People really, know like. what to do. But see, that's where like... Then what cues can you have to benefit that transition or yeah. to benefit that pose that... Like say, okay, from High Lunch to Warrior, I already know what I know what to do. I don't mm. need to tell need you to tell me to ground this or raise this hand or whatever. So then what else can you add to that practice through cues to help me as the advanced practitioner be more aware of my body. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's something that I'm still tr- trying to learn. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's a lot of engagement things because yeah. 
for the advanced practitioner, I think we are so used to moving from pose to pose that we sometimes lose the engagement of certain muscles. Um, maybe like the bum sticks out a little bit too much or we're not like drawing energy upwards, just dumping down because, you know, we are doing all these fancy things and like, oh, so tired, you know, let's just like, let's just like let loose ah. a little bit. Yeah, so I guess the engagement part of it, which like you, I'm also struggling to, um, or rather learning to help these more advanced practitioners, I would say, to go deeper into their foundational poses. Yeah. You've taught before, but not yoga, mm, right? You used yoga. to be a spin, is it? Yes, spin, spin instructor. Yeah. And so you have a background in, I mean, like you've, you have experience in just being in front of strangers mm-hmm. and conducting a class. Yeah. So I'm sure that has helped you in, in, in transitioning to a yoga instructor. Yes, But for sure. it's still a different feel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have like experiences, like whether good or bad or anything weird that, like say if I was a new teacher and I want to ask you like, hey, you have some experience, you got any like tips? Newbie like tips, tips yeah, yes, newbie yes. tips, yes, yes, yes. yes. Continuing from my very long and interesting yoga teaching journey, the first day of teaching in YM, I was called up at night, just five minutes before 7pm to cover a 7pm class. (laughs) Is this your first class? So my first ever class, my first day ever. Uh So I taught in the morning. Oh, okay, so not your first class. No, it's not my first class. Mm. So this would be my second class. The same day, my first day, I received a call asking for emergency cover five minutes before the class started. So it was an emergency cover. Was it the same, like what what class was it? It was basic, so it was the same class type. Oh, okay. Um, Yes, I can repeat my sequence. But at that time, let me just be honest, (laughs) I was keeping my notes in my Apple Watch. Oh, that's a good tip. That's a nice, like... Okay. Disclaimer, I don't do it anymore. So when this I'm looking all, at my watch yeah. now, I'm really looking at my watch, not looking at my notes. Okay. Um, yeah, but when I was starting, I kept my notes in an Apple Watch. Wow, that's very smart. Eh. That's a very good tip. That's yeah. tip number I, one. I will write it on my hand. Oh, because, like, like exam. You cannot see, right? You cannot see, like, there's words. <laughs> yeah. So I can just, like, oh, uh, like, I'll just draw the picture or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But this looks quite organic. La. Okay, yeah. yeah. So tip number one, download quick notes. Ooh. And... Uh, keep it on your That's a very good Apple tip. Guys, write that down eh? mm-hmm. yeah, if you have a smartwatch. Yeah. Yeah, so I covered a class at night. Of course, because I didn't get time to prepare and coupled by the fact that I was super anxious. In general, I'm a super anxious pers- person. I have major time anxiety. So can you imagine me having five minutes to come down to class even though mm-hmm. I live like 10 minute walk, walk away. Okay. Yeah, so um, I was five minutes late to class, but they were understanding. Because la. Yeah. The, the original teacher couldn't make it. La. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I so you were, you I were was home. flustered. You were yeah. at home. I was at home. You I was were at like, home. like in your PJs, just sort of chilling. Uh? I was thawing my chicken to get to, yeah. Okay. So I had to put the chicken back in the freezer and then um, made my way down here. I was flustered, of course, because yeah, yeah. firstly, I'm rushing and I hate rushing. It's your Secondly, first, the, my first, first day. My first right. day. Thirdly, I did not know how to work the audio in this studio. So I had to teach in silence because I didn't know which buttons to press. Uh, uh. Wait, the first class you taught was where? TP. In the morning. Tanjong Paga in in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then um, in the night, it was at East Coast and I didn't know to switch on the studio button. So yeah, see these things matter because you think like, oh yeah, I I can teach and then you go there like, I don't know what to 
how to turn on the fan, how to turn off the lights, then you For sure. room so management. Uh. Tip, yeah. tip number two, room management. Um, some studios, the fans work differently. Some studios, uh, the fans yeah. just don't work at all or like You're the lights, the or, heaters, yeah. yeah, just get familiar with, with how to work the stuff in the room. Right. And then third thing, I came in all flustered, right? Yeah. I just had to try to keep my cool and look like everything's normal. Yeah, so, you had a whole space for them also. Yes, of course. So I had to be that leader, right? Yeah. Even though I felt like... In a time like, where leadership was required. Yes. Yeah. So thirdly, taking the, f- the five minutes to really ground yourself together with them. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, it will really help you like settle in. Yeah, so while they're doing the breathing and everything, just do it with them. Um, I calm down a lot more after that five minutes of grounding how, during how did, the basic so class. So that second, comparing the first class you did and the second class you did, mm-hmm. which one did you feel you were more confident with? I thought the second because I felt like you I was sort of, you, less you prepared. Passed, right? Yeah, yeah less you, prepared. You challenged yourself and you, you pulled through. Yeah, mm. I was forced into a situation you handled it yes correct I mean I still check my watch for the notes (laughs) it's a new sequence one right yes yeah okay did you end it on time or five minutes late I ended it five minutes late just to To give everyone yeah to be fair I I don't know about that because sometimes it might be like sometimes people oh I I come to the seven o'clock class to end at eight because I got Mm -hmm. eight thirty things so then what's the you know hmm, Mm. what will you do a bit of a grey area yeah oh well Um, but it makes sense I think in in that context or in in Singapore's context I think they want their money's worth yeah Yeah. I agree I don't think they want to like leave on time I think if anyone wanted to leave on time they wouldn't they would just cancel the class already or they would just like pack up during Savasana which is which is okay to me I mean the class started late and they really had to leave then yeah, that's fair fine enough, like, yeah. fair enough yes um, tip number four I would say this one maybe a bit maybe different people might handle but might think differently about this tip but uh, I feel like less planning equates to a better class hmm yeah what are uh, your thoughts I I get what you mean if mm. you want to keep it organic but mm. that as if this, if we're talking about newbie tips, mm-hmm. I would disagree mm-hmm. because, as a newbie, your your lack uh, newbie teacher, not yeah, newbie yeah. practitioner, as a new teacher, you would want to be really prepared. Mm-hmm. Like for for me, I still have my notebook. I still bring it to class. I've done my sequence many times, but I still have it there. Mm-hmm. It maybe is a bit of a security blanket. Yeah. Um, but I sort of just look at it like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I know this is happening, but I just you look know at it. it. I know, you know it. Yeah, it, right? I know it. Yeah. And half the time, I'm not really looking at my sequence. As, yeah. And I, I subconsciously go back to my mat where I put my book on the floor and mm. I look, I lean over, pretend I do a four four, and I lean over. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Oh, okay, time check. Okay, mm-hmm. all good. And I go back and I walk around and I'm more present in the room. Yeah. But it does give me a sense of security. Yeah. Let's say this is like one year in. La. If I'm newbie, sequencing you have to remember your sequence. So mm-hmm. then, uh, the note, right? The, the, whatever you write on your base piece of paper, you have a post-it, you write it on your hand, you yeah. put it in your watch, you still need to refer to something. Yeah. I, that's preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, planning your music. Uh, okay, then then again, that's all back-end stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about like, just go in unprepared, I, oh. I don't dare there. No, no, no. Well, I how, wouldn't go in to? unprepared, but, so I will plan out what the class is, uh-huh. but don't, feel pressured to stick to that plan so mm. the, when I had my notes in my watch I felt super pressured to stick to that plan mm. and when I went off tangent a little bit 
I will stand behind the room and like, oh shit, like I'll feel, yeah, I'll feel awful because like I had this beautiful sequence plan, but I did ah. something else. So I, I felt very pressured to, ah. to find, to help, to guide the people all the way back to where I intended them to be and then do the right sequence. Then why, the what made you diverge, uh, di- diverge from the plan? What made me diverge from the plan? Yeah. Because you said that. A little bit overconfidence maybe. Mm. Like, Maybe I was really like feeling the moment. I'm like, oh, okay, like, right, like, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do some inversions yeah, or whatever. And then, oh no, like. But then, if I it worked out yeah. for the better, then why would you be um, like, oh no, at the end, mm-hmm. that you didn't stick to the plan when the plan to do something else was better than the original plan? It might not necessarily be better. Like, I could have had uh. a really fun, creative one in my watch, but then what I queued was actually quite like a simple, oh, okay, predictable okay. So like it, thing. it seemed exciting on in your mind, yeah. la, but then when you executed it, it's a bit like, uh, didn't really get it right. Or like, maybe I didn't have time to check what's next, and then uh, I just went with whatever uh, whatever could flow next, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the thing with having, I mean, it's discreet if you have it on your watch, yeah. but then if I have like a big book I can mm-hmm. just like oh it's this yeah, one yeah, yeah. This, you gotta scroll, you scroll yeah. and then I get and lost it's, it's, halfway it's like you're here you're not you're not in the room anymore exactly. you're in your watch yeah yeah um, yeah but that's a bit of a controversial one yeah, yeah. yeah then how is your planning now like, or how is your classes now is it more like oh, I show up like alright let's uh, read the room and then just wooing it um, if the class is small then I would ask what they wanna do if. <laughs> how? how do you do that? How? That's so... But so then, then you just like, okay, oh, you want to work on hamstrings? Then you just... You take a moment yeah. and so like, all it's the all in your mind. Poses, and then what? we try to string all the hamstring poses together. But um, my other tip is attend classes regularly as a teacher. Right. Yeah. So when you attend classes within the week before the day you teach, you... You get inspiration Yeah, you get inspiration. It's a lot of like muscle memory. So when someone's in the pose that you did like yesterday, you know yeah, what to yeah, go. Yeah. You naturally know okay. what to do next. Yeah. That I fully hundred yeah. percent agree with. There are times where I like go to class, I learn something new, and like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I have my own sequence in the back of my mind that oh, this part is nice to put in here. Yeah, yeah. And then I put it, or I guess go home, or I write it down, or I do it like when no one's looking, at the front desk or whatever. Mm. Test test. Oh, okay, can it? Then I'll just do it in the class. Yeah. Then in that way, it's um like not planning not sticking to the plan mm-hmm. and sometimes it's fresh because you just yeah. did it recently in class okay. yeah hmm. so I think it's quite important very important for teachers to still be students that's true yes any other tips? Um, I think that's about it do you think of yourself as a yogi through and through <laughs> lifestyle wise no. and everything? no uh-huh. <laughs> sorry to disappoint how come? um I personally my yoga practice is still very physical mm. so I haven't really found your kundalini haven't no no yet. no haven't unlocked <laughs> yet yeah <laughs> so I haven't found that spiritual energy uh-huh. um, I am always irritable annoyed uh-huh. at something I should be peace loving that depends I, on what you define yeah. as yogi that's a th- you know people always tell me like hey you you yoga teacher you must can eat me like, you can like yes we mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we we're human we can get <laughs> upset at things right yeah. we can get annoyed yeah um i cannot let go oh. a parigraha right Ooh. letting go yeah so i don't yeah non-attachment uh there are still a lot of things i don't practice obviously i wish to become better at these things. It's a lot of like mind control 
self-discipline mm. which I don't possess yet. So I would say I'm still only very yogic physically, not but I'm so still, much I'm, spiritual. You, spiritual. Maybe not spiritual, but lifestyle-wise, mm. even if we don't look at the spiritual stuff, you mm. still play your part. You still mm. save the planet in your own way, yes, right? Yes, With yes. your sustainability act. Yes. You so, got your keep cup. We all use metal straws, yeah. right? Try and conserve the earth in our own way. I guess that's a that's a very yogi thing to do. Yes, I really believe in being kind uh-huh. to anything actually. Right? Yeah. Kind to Just, others, kind yeah, to kind yourself. To, yeah. How does because that trans? How did you like from a yoga practice? Yeah. How is anyone going to learn about kindness through yoga? I think in a yoga how practice, how do you interpret it? How do you interpret it, lah? It's definitely kindness to your bodies first and foremost because yoga being most most styles being a very physical practice sometimes you just want to nail that pose and then you don't care much about how safety, the body's yeah. feeling yeah safety basically so you really just push yourself i mean i'm guilty of that like sometimes all you want to do is chase poses and we just really like push ourselves even though the body might not be able like, might not be able ready, to, yeah might not be ready for it yeah, so kindness to the body, um, kindness to the staff or people beside you. True. Um, front desk especially, I think in our line of service, we hear a lot of stories. Um, they are service line to, in general, yes. uh, they're always going to get meet people who are for not sure, so... For sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. So we hear a lot of these things and someone could be having a bad day and you, you could be that, that person who like, Tips, yeah. Tips the person, like tips the scale, and then yeah. you know really makes that person like break down. Or you could be the one that tips it the other way. You could be yeah. the one that makes them happy. Yeah. So, so I guess a job as a yoga teacher is a lot of responsibility because mm-hmm. you're responsible. People are, people come to you because they are they got whatever issues that they need to work out. Yeah. They want to work out uh, physically. Yeah. They they want to just come here and chill. And, and and be taken away from all that for an hour. Yeah. And it's your job to hold space for them. It's your job to give them uh, uh, like a good practice yeah. for them to release whatever they need to release mm-hmm. and to leave feeling better than when they came. Mm-hmm. So then it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. It's a very challenging thing. People come in grumpy. They leave with smiles. They thank yeah. you for class. They say thanks and everything. Mm-hmm. Then they go out to the front. They say, sorry, I was rude to you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, mm, I, you, know, you, you help play a part in that yeah. person's life. So it's nice. Like I like that in a very small way, you helped spread a little bit more good in the world. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I feel like and the energy is a bit off in the room or like I know there's a mean person in the room, mm. then the intention would be kindness. I On, on purpose, you know, yeah. just to remind the person, not singling out the person, of course, that, you know, practice kindness, whether on the mat or off. No one owes no one a living, you know. Why, why must you be we're so nasty? Here. We're all here together. Yes, yes. Yeah. We're just living this life. We're here to make mistakes and then we die. Yeah. All on the same page. Mm. Mm-hmm. So going back to kindness, also being kind to animals. Mm. Basically, like I mentioned, I'm, uh, I'm a quite, quite, quite a big fan of the Dharma practice. And one of the mottos, one of the beliefs is being kind to all human beings and animals. Mm. So, I mean, as much as we yogis we also eat meat, like you said. We mm. are still human, right? But as much as possible, doing our part to prevent harm in, in it's animals. Ine- yeah. It's inevitable. Uh, we're going we're yeah. to 
you know, like these things you cannot stop. You can play a part, but you can can definitely play a part. Yeah. So um, this whole um, environmental thing is something that I've adopted. So basically, cutting out plastic in my everyday use. Okay. It sounds is more. It's harder than it sounds. It is definitely harder than it sounds, considering I am guilty of ordering Deliveroo a lot. Ah. Yes. Ah. So that's where all the plastic comes from, right? Plastic cutlery. They'll throw in like four cutleries for one person. And like yeah. 10 um, tomato sauce packets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which nobody ever uses. Uh, yeah. I have a crisper full of tomato sauce packets and chili sauce. If anyone needs packet tomato and chili sauce, please hit me up. Just, just go back and like throw all of it back. Like, yeah. So, um, to be honest, I still don't know what to do with these um, tomato sauce packets, single wrap mm. sauce packets. I don't know what to do with all the plastic cutleries that I have received from delivery orders. But um, I'm, I do try, my part, try to do my part to reduce the use of plastic as much as possible. So, for example, if I go to a coffee shop and I want to get a cold drink and I notice that they only serve cold drinks in a, disposal, in a disposable cup. Uh, then you bring your own cup lah. And I didn't bring my own cup. Uh. I'll definitely order a hot drink. Wow. Just so that... Just so that they don't... They wow, don't that's a use, lot of... Yeah. For I'm not that disciplined. If I want a cold <laughs> drink, I didn't bring my cup. I'm just going to order a cold drink. Uh, so like. it's like, no, no way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. If hot and cold both use styrofoam or plastic cups, they, I will not order yeah. anything. Wow, it sucks. Yeah. But yeah. it's a bit... You would think that they have their own cups eh. Right. Yes. Like if you're in a if you're a coffee shop or whatever. Yeah, but okay. some places you know they still give that plastic cup. Yeah, because it's easy to wash. Yeah, that's that. And then obviously I have a collapsible cup which I bring uh. everywhere with me. So unless it's like washing or something and I forget to bring it, then no, I won't uh. have it with me and I'll order the hot drink. But otherwise, I always have the cup with me. I think that's pretty basic. Like a lot of people have been ha- having hmm. holding keep cups in. Uh, reusable bottles to bring to like coffee shops to get their drinks in but I think Singapore is still not very open or we're not very educated about no this. I think we are but mm-hmm. the older generation may not be the younger generation are like trying to be cool and sustainable yes. so the 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 it, it's become a, a a fad in a way in mm-hmm. a in a good way in a like, good way yes yeah like young people think it's cool to have a keep cup great you know if you think it's cool but you're still saving the world fine but then um, it's hard to like at certain establishments to order something mm-hmm. and then like still like yeah uh, yeah, here's my company point and then they don't know what to do the biggest irony is that some of the bigger establishments like Subway um, or McDonald's they do say uh, please only use a straw if you need to yeah. so technically it's you're, ingrained in them that we're trying to save the environment yeah. here but when you bring a cup and ask them to put the Milo in your um, heat cup or your stojo cup or whatever, they'd be like, okay, here's the drink. You can pour it in yourself. It's and like, then it's like... That's not the point. Yeah. yeah. You're missing the point, but at the same time, you're Do encouraging you us to not take the straw. I I'm sh- uh, I know that they have their own regulations. Maybe it, it's... Uh, food safety. Uh, food safety. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, okay fine. <laughs> then uh, just use a container or something. Yeah. Then ask me to pour it in yes, there. Yes. These are all problems that can be solved yeah. very easily. Mm-hmm. But I guess... If you're the staff there, you can't really be bothered. McDonald's is like churning out stuff super fast. Yeah. This is just holding up the line. Yeah. Then it becomes inconvenient already to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But then then that's the conflict law. Like how can you still play your part? How can you still be 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 
uh, sustainable mm-hmm. and, and still survive in today's world you yeah. know it's tough man it's tough to save the planet almost like the planet doesn't want to be saved yeah it is tough uh, especially in it's weird because in Singapore when you go to like a fair price they double back for you like you're encouraged to have a double back just so that your plastic bag won't no, break you, no they, last time the plastic mm-hmm. bag is thick that's why you put one like one bag is enough yeah. But now they make it thin to mm-hmm. save money, but then they end up double bagging it. Yes. So then you're, you're wasting more plastic, wasting more money. Yeah. I don't understand. Because they were trying to conserve it by making it thinner. Yeah. But they made it weaker than people used to. Doesn't quite add up. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when people like put straws into your keep cup. Mm-hmm. I don't understand I didn't, that. Okay. So my theory is that they think that these cups are purely aesthetic. So we just want to... Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's why they want to... Like, okay, you want to bring your own cup? Sure. Yeah. But, but here, I'll chuck a straw in for your convenience yeah. so the ice doesn't touch your teeth. Ah. Yeah. So I really think they think it's an aesthetic thing. Maybe they're just um, in the habit of putting straws into, into cups. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then I'm actually quite impressed by some coffee shop owners who really like grasp the concept of uh, envir- environmental friendliness. Yeah. There are some places who... that. I guess those are situated in the CBD where they are often um, met with like people bring their own cups. So, mm. oh, okay. so they they're are, more like... They're more aware of yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. But there was a very interesting incident where I brought my own cup to a sugarcane auntie, sugarcane juice auntie. And then she poured the sugarcane juice from her little metal canister yeah. into my cup. And then she realized, oh, hey, there's some more sugarcane juice. I shouldn't shortchange her. So she begins to take a plastic cup, the plastic cup ice, pour the remaining remaining juice in the plastic cup. Uh, So I had my keep cup and a plastic cup. Then what's the point? I mean, good intentions. Good good intentions. Yes. But then like, yeah, this is like a frustration. I was totally disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then then what do you do at that point? You have to throw wheel? Right, you throw the cup away, because you're not gonna hold the other cup, but at least I won't hold the other cup anymore. But you, since it's been poured into, so then what do you do with that? I just cup? drank. I just drank out of the plastic cup, yeah. and then I brought back. The back. Wow, you still bring it home? Yeah. Right? So then, like, how does your home look like? You just got a bunch of plastic shit lying around. Oh no, I threw away the. Oh, yeah, throw it away. Yeah, so like, oh, you know, you've sinned. Yeah, I've sinned. So I've, I've sinned. Seen. Yes. Ah, uh, it's an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like at home, I do try to cut plastic as much as possible also. So plastic bags are just used for like... Laundry, trash, that kind of thing. Trash. Yeah, yeah mainly trash. Yeah. Even like dirty clothes go into like Even a wet bag. Even when I buy stuff mm-hmm. and I have the plastic bag, I'll use yeah. that for, for trash. Trash, yeah. yeah. Food-wise, I can... Using a container is simple enough. Yeah. Like they just put the food inside. It's the drinks that's complicated. They don't know yes. how to measure it. They don't know... They put a straw inside. Yeah. Or they... Like just now, fucking when I went to buy the juice, <laughs> yeah, you wanted the, the straw. <laughs> no, like no, he, I, I, like say his cup is small, or whatever. Then he oh, poured yes. my cup, still got more space. Then he put more and he charged me more. And I'm like, okay. just charge me the normal price, lah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you keep the, the yeah, like, usual keep, amount. I don't, like I don't want more. Yeah. I just, you just like, why did you think that it was okay? Like, like just, just give me the normal yeah. lah. If I like, order medium size, just give me medium lah, or whatever. Uh, oh well. Uh, hopefully the times will change. You can always start at home, right? Like, yeah. just eliminating the use of cling wrap, reusing, I mean, using, using beeswax. Uh. I use beeswax wrap. So, How does that work? Um, what is it even? It's like, it's like cling wrap. It's like cling wrap. So, Disposable it's made of bees, 
this way. Ooh, it it's like kind of three times more expensive. It is often. Well, <laughs> it's about ten dollars. Uh, how much and is you can like, use it forever. Uh? I mean, until it wears off, lah. So you wash and you dry. Oh, it's dry like a, it's like a wash. thing. Yeah, it's like a. Hey, what is this? tablecloth. Okay, but mm-hmm. you use it to wrap. Yeah, like, like food, wrap like, food. like cling wrap, uh. Like cling wrap, yeah. Huh. So I, never, I don't I use cling wrap anymore. Yeah, um, beeswax wrap is good. Where do you get it from? Uh, carousel. So okay. there are a few sustainability like accounts on Carousel, right. and they are oh, quite trustworthy. Okay, yeah. okay. And then. Um, if I have like snacks I want to bring to work, like fruits or anything, Put I have disposable, oh, container works, I have disposable, fancy disposable ziplocks. Uh, so I can just, like they're like super thick ziplocks. Uh-huh. So they can just be reused a million times. And then um, what I struggled the most with was um, sous vide my meats. So I sous vide the- my food at least like once a week. And every time I sous vide, I need to use a ziplock bag. Yeah. So like a part of me like dies a little bit each time I this, put the have, chicken in there. Okay la, I mean like we we still live in a modern society and we will be using plastic at some point. And I think once it's not mm-hmm. about eliminating the use of plastic. It realistically it's about cutting down. Cutting down for sure. Yeah. But but I found an option yesterday. Um, there's a reusable sous vide bag, Ooh. and I bought some online yesterday it's called stasher bags okay so they are good quality like ziploc bags made of a silicone blend i believe suitable for sous-viding yeah suitable for sous-viding mm-hmm. okay so you have a sous-vide thing a machine yeah wow, not fancy huh? you live so, in the high life eh? no it's just very simple and very fast to make so like for chicken food. yeah chicken and steak yeah and yeah then you put it in the oven to make it crisp outside Do you just pan fry it for like ah, two yeah. minutes wow yeah, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I don't even I don't even um pan fry it. So I just put all the seasoning and, and all the goodness it, in there. Yeah, let it boil. How long? Two hours, one day. One hour. That's not so bad. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. Suvi's good. Okay, 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 but downside, a lot of water is used. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this I is guess. tough. <laughs> I mean, you can think of creative ways to use the water. It's still clean. Just use to it's, wash stuff. Though, yeah. Like wash the just throw under the like pour yeah, onto the wash. um toilet or what to yeah. wash the strong yeah. use it as like rinse water yeah exactly can I can mm. okay do you have anything else you want to talk about nope that's all I have a few questions for you yes bring this, it on yeah uh, I would ask people at the end sort of like at the endish mm-hmm. few questions so I'm gonna ask you a few questions Ooh, should I be scared okay <laughs> everybody's, everybody's scared <laughs> okay um Question number one. What do you think is the biggest problem in the world today? And what should people do about it? Interesting. Biggest problem in the world today. Hmm. Mm, recently, I, fe- I feel... I don't know if people are going to start like writing hate comments. <laughs> but recently, I feel that... Uh, women are taking this feminism thing a little bit too far. Ooh, bold yes, statement yes. coming from a woman as well. Yeah. Elaborate. Uh, I mean, I do understand this like gender equality thing, but mm. now it's starting to seem like women, the women want to be the superior race, mm. like basically outshining men mm. instead of being an equal. Mm. Uh, so with everything on social media, I think everyone's just very sensitive. You know, it's, um, the, it's the age of 
being outraged though. Yes, exactly. A bit, not, a bit sensitive. Everybody a bit, a bit sensitive. Not only with feminism, but also with, with the minorities. Everything, minorities. If you only have pictures of skinny people or like healthy sized person, they'd be like, oh, why aren't, why are you, this is a misrepresentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. misrepresentation. Why are you not representing? Yeah, showing, women. exactly. Uh. And then, of course, women of color, somehow it's oh, only affects everybody needs women. To have, okay. Oh, everybody needs to have their, their moments. Yeah. Uh. And then, what's your solution for this? What? I guess. Well, or how? Or rather, no. Yeah. Let us go back to like how this problem is even a problem. Like, so so what if mm-hmm. people don't feature um, minorities on yeah. their magazine covers or whatever? So what? Yeah, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, like, say, if feminism mm-hmm. was an issue, people are wasting time arguing about this. Yeah. Um, what does it what like, does it even mean like correct. so well, how does it affect my day why yeah. is it a problem for me I'm not sure if they're fighting for an eventual like financial equality like men and women uh, yeah being there is able no to, goal it's just yeah, about yeah there is no you. goal but I mean that's the only ultimate goal I can think of you know for men and women to be so equal that a female men and women will never be equal yeah I mean we already born just because, not equal yeah you know? it is so, what it is yeah I think what you're trying to say is that feminism is mm-hmm. a problem because it causes conflict, unnecessary conflict between yeah. between people. And there is no goal for this mm. conflict. It's not like we, we fight the war to win the thing. There is yes. no thing to win. Yes. So then there's perpetual <laughs> conflict and that causes unrest, that causes distress yes. politically in terms of men and women yeah. or, or, or whatever. And it spreads out to every aspect of people. Yeah. So it's an unnecessary thing. But it is also quite necessary because if you if you look at it from a feminist point of view, like whether they have whatever they've been gone through, mm. uh, if some guy is really like being an asshole to them and they need to band together and and up and not feel so oppressed, then yeah. it's then it's great as well. I guess we're looking at it from another point of view. If we understand understood a little bit more about feminism and we learn more about their their plight, mm-hmm. then we might be able to relate better. Yeah. But I think as a whole, it is causing a bit of unnecessary conflict. Yeah. It's now. The idea of it is nice, but then it has become a. Uh, I want to be better than you. It was supposed to be harmonious, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it's supposed about it's about equality, and now it's just about let us get more stuff. Let yeah. us be better than you. Yeah. Fuck you as a white male yeah, cisgender yeah, yeah, white yeah. male. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. too okay, much, okay. Too much. Yes. Second question. Yes. What kind of life would you like to avoid at all costs? Avoid. Mm. I think in Singapore, we're pretty privileged to be living here where we are. Very safe, very secure. Food, water provided for us. Uh, we are also like blocked away from the natural rest. Natural disasters. Yeah, natural disasters. The rest of the world. No that's, crime. Um, especially like a lot of European countries, a lot of poverty that, a lot of poverty and crime, yeah, that go um, unreported mm. that we don't know of because we are in this like comfortable Bubble, shell yeah. that is Singapore. I felt like my mind was really open only when I went to London to study and I really like saw what the rest, what was happening in the rest of the Travel world. Travel does that. Travel yes, helps. All the refu- Syrian refugees, all the crime in the world mm. war. Um, so we're really fortunate to be where we are. Mm. So I think a life I would I wouldn't want to live and I wouldn't wish upon anybody else is of of course um being in a place where 
the the country is so unsafe and uncertain that I wouldn't know where my next meal is coming from. I wouldn't know if I would get killed when I walk out on mm. the streets at night. Like right right now, I think yes, we take us, we we take so for granted. We take for granted of the safety. You know, when we walk around at night, we don't even have to look over our shoulders. Yeah. We know we're gonna make it back home safe. Like when I was walking at night in even London, as a big city, right? I had to constantly like look over my shoulder because I felt like there's always someone following me. Mm. Yeah, I always had to like quicken my pace to try to get to where I need to be. Like too vulnerable. Fast. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not a good place to be. I mean, not saying that London is not a good place to be. It's great. I would love to live there. It's just but these things that we don't know. That we don't. We, we don't, never have to worry about in Singapore. Yeah. You can be walking around alone as a female. 3am at like Geylang yeah. and you don't feel a thing yeah. like no one's gonna do anything exactly Um, but that doesn't really answer the question mm-hmm. so the question was like what kind of life do you not want to live do you not want to yeah. live yeah not like like say in that situation mm-hmm. you have no choice you're born into it or yes, whatever yes. but say now with yeah. your current like you mm-hmm. what kind of life or lifestyle would you want to avoid I wouldn't want to live a life where I'm just settling Mm. yeah so I personally I feel like I need to always be doing something I like to hustle challenger I don't like to yeah you seem like a hustler yeah if you put me at home um, on like a weekend or weekday or whatever and with nothing to do I I really don't know what to do Mm. I'll open my computer I will like find some like work to do because I just cannot sit and like watch TV yeah, yeah. and chill nothing wrong with that yeah. but like I know what you mean yeah mm. I mean I do like to sleep so it's either sleep or but doing you sleep something. to get rest to go and, and get energy to yeah. hustle again uh, yeah yes. it's part of it yeah. yeah okay yeah so don't get me wrong it's not like I'm always like working mm. I love to sleep I'll find sleep where whenever I can get sleep because I know that when I wake up it's time to hustle Mm-mm. yeah so okay. I like to always have something to do I wouldn't want to be in a life where I'm just settling um, in a job that I'm just comfortable with and after work oh nothing to do go home sit down and like watch TV mm. mindlessly um, yeah so always having something to do and always mm, always challenging yourself yeah okay. yeah it's a good answer yeah question number three mm-hmm. what are you most afraid of? <laughs> what am it I can most be afraid of? I think, I think this one can be philosophical can yeah. be practical Mm-hmm. <laughs> leave it to you mine to is impractical uh. but the real answer would be I'm most afraid of lizards okay house lizards yes that's not a that's a practical fear I it guess in a way it's, it's sort of impractical so because yeah. to me it is practical because they might drop creepy crawlies la. it's just lizards though okay. yeah cockroaches are fine yeah everything else is fine it's just lizards I have an irrational fear of their tails dropping into my ear that's so irrational. Yeah. That's the ears are more. Yeah. Okay. My mom <laughs> says that one day I'll get killed by a lizard. As in like, a lizard would drop on me and, and I'll get like a heart out. attack. Oh, right. And I'll die. Okay. Yeah. That's I've how had, much. I don't like lizards either. Only because my mom was afraid of lizards. Okay. And then I just, I like, I see my mom shout, ah, when she sees <laughs> lizards. So then when I was young, like, oh, that's a scary thing. So yeah. I'll ah at it as well. And then that, that fear passed down to mm-hmm. me. But I have no problems with cockroaches because my mom is, just grabs a cockroach and throws yeah. it out the window. So strange. 
I don't know how my fear came about because my mom is not afraid of lizards, uh, so it's just me. It's just like yeah, la. <laughs> It's just me. Okay, then last question. What's great in your life right now, or what could be great in your life right now, and how do you feel about it? I think right now in my life, everything has kind of settled down. I've eased nicely into adulthood, like. Super grateful for my mom, my partner, my job. Very happy to be where I am now, and very happy to be able to support myself independently, and also like trying to be a filler daughter by like giving my mom as much as I can afford to. So, as an only child, my mom has never been one to like spare the rod, spoil the child, lah. So. I've always had to work very hard in my childhood to get what I want. So nothing came easy to me. Studying didn't come easy to me, especially like I really had to work hard to pay the to, bills. Ah,、uh. not really. I was pampered in the way, in a way that my mom would always support me financially.、Mm. So I didn't have to worry about money and like paying for my own school fees. So she always、um, got. She always had it covered. So my job was really to just study. to study hard to get like to be a good person to get a good job, also so that in the future I will be able to repay her for. I think it's a very yeah. Asian Asian yeah, concept. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I think、um, I'm at a good place now,、mm. and only hope that it goes up and up.、Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for today. Thank、Colette. you, Aaron. How can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Do you have an Instagram or something, or even a website? Do you have a website? No, I don't have a website.、Yeah. But yes, Instagram. Colette Miles is my handle.、Uh, okay. Feel free to drop me a DM.、Mm. I usually replies.、Uh, I I usually reply unless you are a spammy person、uh, or someone trying to be funny. Have a un un um what do you call it? Unprivate your <laughs> your Instagram if you want to text her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, happy to help with anything. As I always say after class, like I'm always happy to chat, feedback, help you with any poses or anything at all.、Mm. I love to get to know people on a deeper level, especially students who come to my class. Really understand them just off the mat as well. That's true. That's、yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody wants to go to your class, they just go to YM's thing, search for you. Yes. Same like how they search for everyone else. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank This was you. fun. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Thank you. So, how committed are you to sustainability? Do you pass on the plastic straws and still say no to cold drinks on a hot day, if you didn't bring your cup? Uh. Uh. Are we as um owners of our own plastic cups even making a difference? Uh. I like to think so. I think that change starts from the individual, and if everyone plays their part, I think it makes a difference on a bigger scale. So, yeah, let's try and make the world a better place. So, if you like this podcast,、uh, give it a like, give it a rate, give it a thumbs up, and click the subscribe button. Click whatever button that you're supposed to be clicking to support it. I think that's it. So. Uh, I don't have anything else I want to say. Do you have anything you want to say? If you do, drop me a DM. 
and uh, tell me about your thoughts. Let me know. Let me hear from you. Let me hear who you'd like me to have on next on the pod show thing. Let's get to know each other. Let's uh, let's have a chat. Maybe you can talk to me after class. Uh, let me know that you're a listener. I would love to hear from you. It's nice to be able to know that students are hearing this. I guess. So I'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening. Okay, bye.